The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. What is up, Lifehouse? I'm, I see you, students. Hi. You know, I'm excited. It is my honor, it is my privilege to be able to bring the word to you this morning. Um, you get kind of the slightly more sweaty version because uh, this is the fourth time I've preached it, but the way more passionate version. So I'm excited to preach this message. We're going to dive in because if you didn't know about this, uh, I'm, a, I'm a pastor's kid. And so it's very easily for me to preach for 40 minutes, and I don't want to do that to you, all right? So we're going to dive in, and we're going to talk about a certain topic. But before we do, I need to get a feel for the room, all right? But not just the room. If you're watching online, I want to encourage you to be a part of this too, because I'm going to ask some questions. And if this is you, I want you to make some noise and raise your hand, okay? If you're watching online, I encourage you to maybe put the emoji with the raised hand or, or put your favorite GIF in there. Can I say GIF? Because Pastor Patrick tried to sell you peanut butter last week by saying GIF. And I will fight people on this, okay? I've already had people. I mean, I said this last night. I've already had people be like, well, the, cre- the creator says it's GIF. And I'm like, I don't care. People say GIF. You put a T on the end of it. It's what? Gift. All right? It's GIF. And so you can put your favorite GIF in there if you want to. But I'm going to need participation here. Are we ready? So I want to ask, where are my single people? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Single people, raise your hand. Go ahead, single people online. Put the, put the emoji in if you want. All right, take a look around. Just go ahead. Take a gander. See what you're working with this morning. <laughs> Just take a look. All right. You can talk after service. Um, all right, here comes the next one. Dating. Dating. Are you, raise your hand, come on. I, I know what's, here's what's happening here. Here's what, like, I don't know. It's, it's been a month. I don't know, like, uh, where are we at? Do we need to talk about this first? <laughs> if you're raising your hand, go ahead and make a Facebook official. Just go ahead, put it on there. You've been avoiding it. Just go ahead and do it. All right, so we got some people dating. All right, where, how about engaged? Anybody? All right, you're excited. You're ready. I get it. Anxiously waiting. All right, where's where's my married people? (laughs) Married people tend to make the most noise. I get it. All right, so (laughs) we're going to talk about this thing called dating this morning, all right? So can we talk about it? Because the truth is, we're in a sermon series called Trending Love. We're talking about love, like, like that kind of love, okay? And we're going to talk about dating. And I want to get, I want to talk about some myths. I want to get into the weeds a little bit. Because we can just talk about love and like, yeah, we're supposed to love God and love people. And yes, we're going to talk about those things. But I want to get into the weeds of dating. And so I'm going to talk to you right now. Married people, people who are single People that are like, you've been married for a long time, or maybe you think you're too young or too old, don't check out on me, okay? Because this is the honest truth. Even if you're married, y'all need to date, okay? Like, that's just the truth. I get it. You're married, you know, and like you see people that are dating, and they're like in this puppy love kind of thing, and you're like, I want to throw up. But the truth is, you might want to throw up because you're a little jealous, and you might need some of that passion back. Can I get an amen for that? 
Okay, so don't check out on me, okay? We're going to talk about it. So I want to talk about some myths. So already, if you've got your phone, you got your tablet, whatever you're taking notes on, your notebook, if you're old school, I encourage you to get those out. Here's your first myth, and it is the myth of love. And I want to kick off this myth by singing a song, and we're going to pick on somebody. Uh, he's over at the cinema campus, and, and I've spent all morning picking on him. We're going to pick on him again. His name's Caleb. And he's, he's a worship leader. He's a campus pastor, and he also does our social media here at Lifehouse Church, and he's our most eligible bachelor on staff. And so we're going to pick on him a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to sing a song, and I'm going to start it, and I want you to finish it, okay? So I'm going to say, Caleb and available, sitting in a tree. First comes, then comes, then comes. Oh, you sound good. You sound good here. All right, you guys are warmed up. I like it. All right, here's the funny thing. This is the truth. That may be a kid's song. It may be a song that you use to, like, pick on other students in the schoolyard, but it doesn't make it less true. This is the progression that we've been given in this life. And this is what is unpacked for us, and this is, frankly, what we believe. We say, yeah, love, marriage, babies. And yeah, we get it wrong, we get it mixed up sometimes, but this is what we're handed. This is what we're taught. This is what we grow up believing. And so I want to ask the question and challenge some perspectives this morning. Where does dating fit into this progression we're given? And you might think, well, that's pretty easy, Corey. That's easy because dating comes before love. Because I got to know, right? I got to know I'm in love. Before I get married, we're in love. We're so in love. Like, I just got to know. Let me challenge this, all right? Once you stick with me, I get it. Some of y'all are dating, and now you're really upset with me. <laughs> you can forward all your hate mail to jrecto at lifehousechurch.org. He'll answer. I'll just ignore it. Uh, hang in with me, okay? Because I believe this. I believe I've come to find this out in my own life, in my own marriage, in my own dating experience, that you can really, 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 really like somebody. You, if you're dating, or if you're single and thinking about dating, you can really, really, really like somebody. You can be passionate about somebody. Now, here's the challenge about passion, because passion can be twisted and contorted and broken into this other four-letter L word called lust. And we can give in to temptation and, and, and these, these sins that will entangle you and trap you and want your destruction. But when we have this idea of love and dating, let me challenge you with this. When and how did you know that you loved God before you entered into a covenant relationship with him? You need to let that sit in a little bit. When did you know that you loved God before you said, I do, to God? Can I challenge you? You didn't. We didn't know what love was before we said yes to God. And so I just, people who are dating, people who are singing, I just want you to hear me. Hear my heart when it comes to this. Because I think, it's true, we're to love God and love people, and I think we can love those that we're in relationship with. I truly believe that. But can we be real? We're talking about love, like that kind of love, right? I wish we could get rid of that word for that kind of love, but that's what we're here to talk about. And so this is just the honest truth. I think you can be infatuated with someone, 
But we're going to talk about a passage of Scripture, and I want to unpack it a little bit for you, because here's the honest truth. It's a very famous passage of Scripture, but if you read the Bible, you find out very quickly there's actually not a lot in Scripture about this idea of courtship. There's really not. There's a ton in the Bible about love and how to love God and love people. There's a ton in the Bible about marriage and how we're supposed to go about marriage, and we're going to talk about that another week, so I'll save that message. But again, married people don't check out on me. But there's not a whole lot about this idea of courtship. This idea of dating is something that over the centuries we've created this beast. And I love scripture because scripture still covers all. It is still the solution. No matter what we come up with, no matter what we create, scripture covers it. And it is the solution. And so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians. If you got your Bible, you got your smartphone, you version, whatever it is, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 13. And some of you already know where we're going. But let me give you a little bit of the background. And so here we have Paul, one of the greatest missionaries of all time. He has spent 18 months planning a church in the Roman city of Corinth. Now, Corinth is this multicultural kind of city of about 200,000 people. And it's known for its extravagance. It's known for its party nature. It's known for its erotic love. Literally in the middle of Corinth is a temple to the goddess Aphrodite, the goddess of erotic love. And so here we have Paul who spent 18 months planning this church, and he moves on to plant more churches, and he leaves his protege, Timothy, in charge. And he writes a letter back to the church reminding them what love is. That's right. I want to know what love is, right? Like we, like that's what we're thinking. Let's just be honest with you. If I say I want to know what love is, I want to know what love. Like <laughs> he's reminding them. Look, don't forget, don't forget that this is love. Okay, in a city, the truth. Scripture still covers all. In a city that's operating not too far off from how we live our life and how we view love, sex, and marriage in our world culture. So this is what he writes, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5. Love is patient. See, I told you all knew it. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Tech team, I want you to leave that scripture up for a little bit. Here's why. The truth is, talking about the myth of love and dating and relationships, I... I think that when you really, really, really like somebody, when you're passionate about somebody, early on in this experience that we've come up with called dating, this is pretty easy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's that puppy love. That's what it is. It's the puppy love that's just like, oh, girl, it don't matter. It's all good. I love you. Like, I know you forgot. You made a mistake. It's okay. Right? Like, 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 you're just like, ah, oh, I just gagged a little bit. Like, no, no, like, like it's this, <laughs> it's, it's the kind of love that says this. This is the myth of love. It's the love that says we're just, we're just such perfect opposites, and we complete one another, right? Let me tell you something. Married people, you know where I'm going. You put that in the pressure cooker of marriage, and this is what comes out. Why in the world? Do you see things the exact opposite way I do every single time? You're literally the opposite person I am. Why can't you be more like me? That's what happens. I'm telling you, there's some of y'all that there's things in your dating relationship that you think are cute, 
you add some years onto that, every single day of your life, it's not so cute anymore. Oh, he slurps his food. <laughs> That's gross. I'm telling you. Uh, oh, yeah, he, you know, he smells like a man. That just means he don't take a shower. He stinks. Like, there's certain things that just aren't, it's not cute anymore. <laughs> All right, so hear me on this. All right, stick with me. God's love flows deeper. It flows deeper. Because I say all that to say this, true love. True love looks more like sacrifice than it does infatuation. And so dating people, single people, I just want you to hear me on this. If you're watching online and you're in this situation, I want you to hear me on this. There is a lot that you're going to learn about this thing called love. And I just want you to be prepared. I want you to be open and honest with yourself, removing the infatuation, which is emotion, which can take you down wrong paths. Just say, I want to be smart about this, and I want to think this through, and I want to know what love is. Because the truth is, love is more like sacrifice than it is about infatuation and being enamored with someone else. And you've got a lot to learn. Married people, you know what I'm talking about. And the truth is, maybe you're looking for the passion back in your marriage. You're jealous of this puppy love that people got. Then you all need to date, too. Look, I got, I got two kids. My wife is here in a place. She's up hanging out with the youth students. I got two kids. I got soon-to-be five-year-old and a two-year-old. I'm, I need a date, okay? I need a date night. <laughs> like, can I just be honest? Like, my wife and I have to plan these things. Married people, you got to plan these things. This is for you, too. Love looks more like sacrifice. Second myth, the myth of commitment. We have distorted this thing called commitment. We've experimented with it, and we've even thrown it out. And it's caused us to view dating as a recreational thing. It's just, it's just, it's just something we do, and we can experiment with it. Let me, let me give you some statistics here. Two out of three... Two-thirds of all couples, two-thirds of all couples live together before marriage. Let me unpack that a little bit. That couple, if they get married, they are 80% more likely to get a divorce. 80%. I'm not making this stuff up, guys. Also, these couples are also two times more likely to experience domestic violence, infidelity, and financial stress. Around this thing called commitment, we've, we've got these things now, like, like you want to call them hookups? You want to call them friends with benefits? You know what I'm talking about? We've made this something to be celebrated in our culture. Oh, yeah, I, I hooked up with her, I hooked up with him, and, and that's something, that's like a prestigious honor. This is something we celebrate. We all know love, sex, and, and these kind of things have become purely entertainment, a visual experience of selfish desires in our world. You know, we've got, we, we've got, we've got this, this selfish need. This is what it is, to check all the compatibility boxes. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're compatible. We fit. And I need to know, I need to know that we fit. Why? Because it's selfish. We need to know that that person fits with us so we don't need to change anything about ourselves. And so we got to check all the right boxes. 
And then we've got social media and apps that have turned dating and love into this purely visual and judgmental experience. And man, if you don't think that that seeps into our younger generations, I've researched this. It doesn't take very long to look at literally when stuff like Instagram was invented, the amount that depression and suicide and suicidal thoughts and cutting, how it has skyrocketed in our teens. Because we've made our world and we're telling our younger generations that love is this this some kind of recreational thing, and it's purely based off of, your identity is purely based off of how you look. And I think there's a time in the, in the church's history where we could claim innocence. I think we could say, like, man, I'm, I'm shocked by that news. I, I didn't know that. But I think that time is long gone. The truth is, I think we know. We know. We know how the world views sex. We know what this is doing to our kids. And I'm telling you, it is time for the church and Jesus followers to take a stand. It's time for us to say, you know what? The divorce rate is 50% in our nation. And the divorce rate for Christian couples really isn't any different. It's time to take a stand. Parents, it's time to take a stand. If you do not talk about this stuff with your kids, I promise you, the world will teach them as early as elementary school. you got to talk about this stuff. I mean, i got a kid in pre-K. <laughs> we got to talk about this stuff. And I'm telling you, it is time to stop ignoring the fact that pornography and sex trafficking is ruining our world. It's time we take a stand, and I'm convinced it all comes down to how we've messed up our views on love and commitment. And here it is. I think our issue with commitment is an issue with identity. I want all of us to hear this. Again, all of us. I don't care if you're married, you're divorced, too young, too old, you're single, dating, all of us. Our issue with identity is this. We we haven't been single long enough to know what God thinks about us before we concern ourselves with what other people think about us. <laughs> Married people, let me talk to you. You need to work on your singleness. Now, don't take that the wrong way. Don't be like, mm, Corey told me I could be single. <laughs> no, no, no. You need to work on your singleness. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you worked on perfecting yourself for your marriage? When was the last time you said, you know what, I'm going to do this for my wife. I'm going to do this for my husband. i got to work on this without being asked. I'm learning this one. I'm just going to be real with you all. My wife, my wife and I, we argue. We have intense fellowship, whatever you want to call it. Like, we're real people. I'm real. We're just real, okay? But I'm telling you, every time we do, the conclusion is this. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm sorry. I have not worked on myself. I need to know who I am more through the lens of God and through the lens of his love so I can be better for you. We need to work on our singleness. Single people, perfect time. Start working on it. If you're dating, start working on your singleness. If you're married, work on your singleness. Let me, let me unpack what this looks like. There's a verse in Hebrew 12, 1 and 2. It says this. 
Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Single people, dating people, this is what it is, all right? God has set before you a race. It says right there in Scripture, I've set it before you, and you're going to run this race, and so you're running, all right? We're running, but we all know what happens. We're running, and you start, you don't fix your eyes on Jesus. You start looking to the left, and you start looking to the right, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, girl. And all of a sudden you're off your path. You're not on your track anymore. You're not running your race. You're going the opposite direction. And this is what it is. I promise you this is what it is. You run your race, and you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And then all of a sudden in your periphery, you're going to notice, hey, there's someone else on this track. Oh, hey. hey. Wait, they're in the lane next to me. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, it's cool. Good. Oh, you're running your race? Let me tell you this. Don't you even dare look at someone who's not running their race. Don't even look. This person better be running the race, and you're running the race, and all of a sudden, God just shoves you in the lane together. This is how it works, and then all of a sudden, you're running the same race, and you're heading in the same direction, and both of you are keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. This is the story of my marriage. You know, I was living my life, and I was living it for myself and my own selfish needs. I only dated one other person besides my wife. And thank God he kept me from the trap of, of sexual desires and those kind of things. But can I tell you something? that like, I came to this conclusion I think all of us have to come to. I'm, I'm living selfishly. It's as simple as that. All the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given me, I've been using them for myself. And I came to this commitment to run my race with God. And I even told him, God, I'm not even concerned with dating. I, I don't even want to look. I'm done with it. God, only what you have. And in that amount of time, God placed the call of worship on my life. He began to open doors for me. He began to, like, cultivate this gift within me I didn't even know I had. And then I'm telling you, I brag about this. Again, she's like, oh, you're going to talk about it. Here we go. I brag about this. Six months later, my wife asked me out. <laughs> I still hold it over her head. If I do dumb things, I'm like, remember, you asked me out. <laughs> You did this to yourself. Um, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Here's the truth. If, if you've seen my wife, if you've seen my kids, you'll agree with me. That's a blessing. <laughs> you've just been blessed. You know how I know this? The very first time I showed a picture of my wife to my grandfather, I love grandfathers. See, grandmothers, they coddle you. They, like, you know, they protect you. Grandfathers, they just tell you how it is. They're just like... <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, I hope I'm that grandfather one day. So I, I show a picture of, of my now wife, then, then girlfriend. I go, yeah, like, this, is, this is who I'm dating. This is Lauren. And he looks at it. He looks at me. He looks at the picture, and he goes, wow. It, she must be blind. <laughs> and then I said, actually, I, maybe. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just as amazed as you are, Grandpa. I'm telling you, you fix your eyes on Jesus and you run your race and you work on your singleness. Married people too, work on your singleness and God begins to orchestrate these things in your life and you begin to live under his blessing. That's how it works. Run your race. Be committed to God. 
You want to get commitment right? Just be committed to God. He'll figure out the rest. Lastly, the myth of destiny. Somehow we've, we've come to this conclusion in our world that, that dating, dating is a, an arrival point. That, that dating is this like trophy that we parade around. That, that dating is a destination. It's a destiny. No, 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 it's not. No, that's a myth. Dating is not a destination. Dating is a vehicle that gets you to where you need to be. And I heard a pastor say it this way, and I love this example. He says, look, here's what it is. You're at the airport, and you need to get from, from terminal A to, like, terminal C or D or whatever. And you're going to get on the airport tram. And this is the dating experience. It's this airport tram, and it's this vehicle to get you from here to there. And you know how you're not supposed to stay on the airport tram? There's no seats on it. There, there's, there's not a bed there. Some of y'all need to hear that. There's not a bed there. There's nothing there to really make you comfortable. There's just stuff to hold on to. That's it. You're not supposed to ride this thing all day. Because if you do, guess what? You're just going to go back and forth. Back and forth. You know, you... you, you I'm going to be a little tough. Can I, be, can I be a little tough? Like, you have these moments where you're like, wait a second, you've been dating for how many years? H- how many years? You're just riding this thing. And the truth is, the longer you ride it, the more it's going to mess up your life. I'm not saying that like, that, you, that, like, you just need to jump into this commitment of marriage. No, you need to figure these things out. But you're not meant to stay here. Dating is not a destination. It's a vehicle that if you keep your eyes fixed on God, you get on at A and you get off at C. And it's taking you in the right direction. Have you ever got on the wrong tram? (laughs) Messes your whole day up. I miss my plane. I miss my flight. I'm telling you, if you're on the wrong tram to begin with, can I challenge you? Get off. Get off of the tram. Or maybe this, maybe you need to get off together. You need to have a conversation. Say, you know what? We've been experimenting with this, this commitment thing, and it's, it's taken us down paths that, that aren't healthy for us. And so we need to get off together. We need to make some tough decisions. Can I say, maybe you need to stop living together? Oh, come on. Like, I, I want the blessing of God for your life. And so you need to make some tough choices. Keeping your eyes fixed on God, have conversations, and maybe you need to get off the tram together. And maybe you need to get some counseling. You need to talk to some people. You need to change some things in your life. And then when you've worked on your singleness, when you work on your commitment with God, then get back on the tram and arrive at your destination that God has for your life. And I'm telling you, when you arrive, when you arrive, Heading in the right direction, running after God. When you arrive together, hmm, this is what it's supposed to be. I'm not saying there's things you don't have to figure out. There's things you have to work on. Again, I want to be real, but man, out of the love that flows from God, sacrificially, you learn to love someone else. And just because I'm passionate about it, can I, can I say this too? If we don't get this thing right, You're going to hurt your kids. 
if my wife and I don't get this thing called marriage right, we're going to hurt our kids. That, that's scary. And that's why we need to talk about this stuff. This isn't just about you. And so I say all these things to say this. Look, here's our main point. Talking about dating. Simply this. Date with purpose. Date with purpose. We were on a missions trip last year, and we took some students to Costa Rica. It was an awesome trip. But the missionary there asked, hey, can, can I take a few moments and just speak about dating in relationships to the students? And, of course, I'm like, absolutely, because <laughs> they need to hear it. And he said one of the simplest things. I don't know why I've never heard someone say this before. He said one of the simplest things, and I told him afterwards, I'm totally, I'm stealing that. And it made me quite, like, man, if someone would have said that to me a while back, I could have I saved some heartache. And he simply said this. He looked at a student, and he said, are you ready to get married? Are you ready? And, of course, being a teenager, she was like, no. Then why are you dating? <laughs> I, I honestly think it's as simple as that. If you'd ask the tough questions, I don't, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter that it was a teenager, even if you're in your 30s or your 40s. If you have not worked on your singleness enough to know your identity in God, you are not ready for marriage. And so we need to ask, are you ready? What is your purpose? Are you dating with purpose? Are you single with purpose? Are you married with purpose? Are you parenting with purpose? I'm going to read it one more time. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. And it does not dishonor others. And it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. Paul is writing this passage of Scripture to remind us love. Love is all about reflecting the only true love that exists. And that is God's love. It's simply about reflecting it. Can I challenge you that if, if you want to know what love is, you got to know God. If you're struggling in this area of your life and you've said yes to God, then get to know him more. He's the only person that can help. Because here's the honest truth. We mess this thing up called love all the time because of this thing inside of us called sin. And the sin's desire is to corrupt us. Sin is the thing that tells you, look, hey, even while you run your race, why don't you go ahead and look to the right? Why don't you go ahead and look to the left? Oh, and I'm going to stop you, and I'm going to turn you in the opposite direction, and then you're even farther away from God. Like, sin wants to take you away from your relationship with God because it wants to destroy you. And here, man, I wish that we could throw away our culture's word of love, and I wish we could just only replace it with God's love. Because God saw our condition. He saw our sin and our problem. And he chose to step out of heaven and come to earth in the form of Jesus Christ. And you want to talk about someone who lived with purpose. Jesus' purpose was to go to the cross. And there he died with my sin and your sin and the sin of the collective world. For all time. That is love. The only love that exists in this world is that. And he didn't stay dead. 
He came back to life again to prove his power over our sin, over our temptation, and over our condition. That simply believing in him by faith, that his Holy Spirit enters our spirit, and it is the power, the same power that raised him from the dead is the same power that will help you to get to know love and to know how to love sacrificially and to know how to defeat your sin and your temptation. And so all across this place, and if you're watching online, I want to challenge you right now, if you would, if you just maybe close your eyes and bow your heads, and I just, I just want to talk for a moment, and then we're going to pray, but I want to challenge. Maybe there's a group of you right now, and you don't know what love is because you don't know God. And can I say that there's a part of me actually all of me, that is super excited, that if that's you, there is no judgment here. No, if you need to make that decision, all you have to do is say, I want to know what it is, and I want to say yes to God, and I want to believe that he died on the cross for me, and that he is the solution, because I've been messing up my life, and I've been messing love up, and I want to know what true love looks like. And you say yes, and I tell you, we're going to celebrate all of heaven's going to celebrate. It's the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. And so you say yes if you need to say yes. Secondly, for the rest of us, it's that simple question, why? Why? What's your purpose? Are you working on your singleness? Are you dating with purpose? Are you married with purpose? Are you parenting with purpose? Are you living with purpose? What does your love look like? Have you corrupted it? Have you given into things that you know you shouldn't given into? Have you looked at things? Are you protecting yourself? Right now in this moment, we need to refocus. So I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, God, first and foremost, for all those that are saying yes for the first time, God, I pray that you're wrapping your arms around them. There is no judgment. There is just love. God, would your love overflow in this place? God, would your love be poured out to those that are saying yes for the first time? God, we're celebrating the decision that is being made, and we're saying that their life is going to be forever changed, and we believe it, God. God, for the rest of us right now that are saying, I want to be committed to only you. God, I want to work on myself. I want to work on my relationships. I want to work on my singleness. I want to work on my marriage and my parenting. God, I pray that you're bringing us back into right relationship with you. God, we say sorry for the things we've maybe looked at. Sorry for the things that we've done. We want to say no more. It is you and only you that saves us from temptation and sin. And we want to say, God, we look to you. We put our eyes back on you and we stay committed to the race that you've laid out for us. God, put us back on track. In your precious name, and everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.